This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and Tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Him? Shin! Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Nathan. And I'm Travis. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing the movies Masked Rider vs. Shocker and Kamen Rider vs. The Ambassador from Hell. Rider versus Shocker. Dr. Shinigami kidnaps the scientist's daughter and holds her hostage to force her father to give him an anti-gravity device to throw Earth out of orbit. Hayato intervenes, but Shocker summons an army of fallen kaijin to fight him. But when all seems lost, Hongo returns for some double rider action. Somebody cue the Return of the King theme because look who's back. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Well, that's that's Phantom of the Opera. I don't know why. <laughs> I was gonna say what? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Welcome like Dr. Back, Shinigami. Travis. Dr. Shinigami looks like the Phantom from Phantom of the Opera. So, dun, he does. He's just dun, 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 dun. <laughs> he probably plays the organ in his spare time. Oh, he most definitely does. When he's not inventing horrible devices, making biological weapons of mass destruction and performing demonic ceremonies or something. Yeah. And also sneaking into laboratories and hiding behind two way mirrors. Yes. <laughs> but yes, Travis, you're back. It's been so I'm long, back. buddy. I missed you. <laughs> I Oh, yes, I have missed talking about Common Rider. I was thinking about this while watching these movies. I was like, man, it's been so long since I've just sat down and actually talked to someone about Common Rider. He's just sitting there watching Hongo and Hayato do their thing. And they're just like, hello, old friends. <laughs> hello, old friends. Yeah, yeah. And then, then I see Hongo reach up and touch Taki's butt, and I'm like, ah, it feels like old times. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. That's next movie. <laughs> oh, good Lord. But yes, and I, I actually had originally intended on saving this for toward the end of the season because we are finishing up the coverage of the original Common Rider, but... <laughs> they weren't even on the schedule until I think about, about a month, month and a half ago, I saw an announcement. Actually, it might have been in August, uh, an announcement from Toei saying, hey, to celebrate the fact that we had 400,000 subscribers on YouTube, we're going to make some of these movies available, especially with the lead up to Kamen Rider Black Sun and took these two original 
Common Rider short films by, well, they're not even short films. They're more like mini movies. I don't know what mm -hmm. you would call them. Because it's not feature length, but it's longer than a short film because they're about a half an hour a piece. Yeah, they're movies. Yeah. So they made them both available. So I'm like, well, I better add them to the schedule because I know we referenced them indirectly a couple of times. No, not indirectly. We referenced them a couple of times, but we didn't have any way to see them. Yeah. Especially since we had that one episode where we're like, where the heck did this kaijin come from? This Zhang Zio guy. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that was, before. <laughs> that was because I remember recording that episode and being like, okay, I recognize all of these kaijin, but I don't recognize this one. This one is new, but yet they're acting like he's an old kaijin. So where did he come <laughs> from? And then we looked it up and we're like, oh, yeah, he was from this movie. And now we get to see this movie where he did debuted yes so if you're listening to this go watch the movies before december 28th because that's when they go bye-bye again and if you're listening to this and you have no idea who i am because you have started later since i went on my podcast retirement i guess semi-retirement <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I guessed a few times on some other podcasts and shows, but I'm mostly retired from podcasting. <laughs> I still plan on bringing you back a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On but, here uh, and on other shows. Yeah. So no, I mean, me and me and Nathan were the ones who we we both the two of us started this podcast, what seems like forever ago now, still talking about the same series. <laughs> it's because this show is a if you include these two movies, it's 100 episodes long. And and what's so great is that I like roped you into doing this podcast and was like, yeah, you know, let's watch Common Rider and talk about it every week and we'll we'll cover it. And then I abandoned ship and was like, okay, now the podcast <laughs> is yours. You you take it over from here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's mine now. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes. So we wanted to make sure that this was timely. If you listen to this after December 28th, 2022, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you'll, you can find these movies in some ways that we will not mention. You, they will still be available to watch <laughs> in other ways, but they will not be available on the official YouTube channel after the 28th. Yes. Yes, quite. Anyway, so was this your first time seeing these? This was my first time watching these movies, yeah, because the, I, the way I was watching the original Common Rider series, I've mentioned it before whenever we've talked about this, but but yeah, I had I had known about Common Rider, had heard about Common Rider all the way back into the 90s with Masked Rider from from Power Rangers spin-off. Oh but, man. <laughs> but the way I was actually watching the show was as I was doing work or working, you know, on my computer or whatever, I would put on Tokushoutsu in the background and, you know, Tokushoutsu, the channel on like Pluto, they just played random episodes and, and they, they would just play, you know, and so it's, so basically it was like, it's, it was like being a kid again because it, I was just catching whatever episodes were on at the time. I wasn't actually right. watching them in or in any particular order 
and so I watched a, a, a huge chunk of, of Kamen Rider that way, the original Kamen Rider that way, but I never saw the movies because they never aired the movies on Tokushatsu. So I knew they existed, but never saw them. Right, right. But now you actually got to see them. So it, it, the completionist in you must be very happy at this point. <laughs> very happy. I was happy. Well, I'm, I'm happy. I, I, you know what I was happy with? I was happy seeing common writer in this format of of uh, being 1080p yeah it's high definition high definition widescreen like this this was different like i was like i mean as much as and we will talk about it as much as these do just feel like episodes of the show they don't really feel like they're much different there's not much difference between these movies yeah, they're and the bigger show. they are bigger though but just bit. just having it in the widescreen format and, and in a higher definition than than I was used to watching the series in alone, that that in itself just made it feel like, wow, this is big screen worthy, even though it's like, yeah, but but it's the same things happening on screen that happened in the series. And it's all the same suits and the same everything. But but just it felt so different. So I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. wow this is cool <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so this first one common right oh, no actually on youtube it's listed as mast rider versus shocker but the second one is common rider instead of mast rider i'm a little confused away but regardless <laughs> this first one is during hayato's run as the writer and while dr shinigami is the commander of the japanese branch of shocker and let me tell you having gotten several episodes into the gel shocker run mm -hmm. now <laughs> of common writer i'm just sitting here thinking man i kind of miss og shocker with their skeleton luchador goons <laughs> yeah and they're very 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 blatant nazi motifs <laughs> <laughs> yeah they got real gel shocker is weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> gel shocker is weird but regardless so that kind of it tells you the time frame that we're dealing with here i don't know the exact numbers or the exact episode numbers of where this is supposed to take place i'm sure that is somewhere I just know it's well, Hayato's time as writer. Dr. Shinigami is the commander. Yes. And it takes place after some time in when we saw Hongo in the Alps, mm -hmm. because the two girls that were with him, they are here and they're not introduced. They are part of the writer team. So mm -hmm. that happened after those episodes when Hongo guest yes. stars back in the show. So it's sometime right. after that, but before hongo comes back permanently right and i think that was around like what about episode 50 i want to say somewhere around there i can't really remember but somewhere yeah. around 50 yeah it's not all that important well what is important is because of the time period that this is taking place in in the series this is prior to hongo getting his mark ii suit this is right. original suit Hongo for anybody who hasn't necessarily been following along with the show or is new to the show and started with this episode. The original Kamen Rider, the first Kamen Rider, Takeshi Hongo, he has this this suit that he wears in the first few episodes 
and and in his guest appearances but when he comes back full time and takes back the the lead role as common writer he has a completely different suit it's one that's more in line with hayato's suit so i was happy to see the original suit because the original suit is my favorite i don't like mm-hmm. the mark ii version of his suit i don't know what it is i don't know if it's the silver i'm not a big fan of the silver or maybe it's just the darker green color that i like but i just i like the original suit better so it was nice getting to see that original suit right right and uh, we mentioned that yeah this was shown on the big screen i feel like this actually starts some traditions i think for toei doing these mini movies for that tie in with their toku shows and as we'll talk about a little bit later bringing back every monster suit you have yeah <laughs> and 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 this tradition of doing movies either midway through a series or a post series in between like the two two series is something that continues on into not just the future series the, the future common rider series but also in other franchises because super sentai started doing this as well and the metal heroes had their own movies and they also come back and guest star in movies we were talking about before pod some of the times where that has happened so you do get this kind of tradition with toei releasing movies and i wonder who did it first was was toei first in in doing this and then subaraya followed behind with ultraman because there were a few of those older ultraman series that did have movies but they did they weren't like every single series had a movie until like later in the in the like heisei era that's when they started doing like every series has a movie tie-in right if you want to get technical about it, Supro did do it first, but they were compilation movies. Right, 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 right. Because there was an Ultraman movie in 1967, but it was a compilation of episodes. Right, right, right. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and then so so yeah, I just it's it's such a it's such a thing that is such a big part of these franchises now that really if and and almost to their detriment because i don't like how much of the newer common rider and super sentai series and and even the ultraman series rely on these movie tie-ins and for audiences to go and watch the movie tie-ins because like some elements from some of the shows and certain characters are introduced in the movies and you wouldn't know about them unless you went and watched the movie if you were just watching the series and not watching the movie you wouldn't be able to follow along so i don't know is that is that an american Mm -hmm. sensibility that i'm bringing into it that i think that it shouldn't be so intertwined because it seems like japanese audiences don't mind that as much because even anime does it like different anime series will do that yeah yeah maybe i mean there are some american franchises that would do stuff like the star trek famously did that a lot you know uh, marvel 
Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe things are shifting. I don't, uh, I'm not entirely sure, but the Japanese have been doing it for a while. So yeah, if you, for whatever reason, decided to watch this and you've never seen the show, or especially if you haven't been keeping up with the show, you'd probably be a little lost. Like who's Hayato? Who are these motorcycle grasshopper men? And <laughs> who's shocker why is dracula here (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's yeah exactly so uh, yeah i i don't know if it i i it must be and like i said it must be me having this american sensibilities that because in american media it's only been really it's uh, really it's only been the modern age where television and cinema have kind of blended in a way to where like television is now prestige and is at a level that is as good or better than the television uh, than the movie productions and movies can now you know branch out and and audiences will follow outside of just what's in the theaters that's a, that's really more of a modern thing you didn't get that that much because the television industry and movie industry were always so separated in america you know with with few crossovers but like even like actors will tell you if you were in one it's really hard to break into the other whereas you know right but nowadays that's changed the whole atmosphere has shifted whereas like in japan it just doesn't seem like that was ever a thing right yeah i can only think of a handful of examples before modern day where you could say that there were a couple of cartoon series in the 80s in america transformers most famously did mm-hmm. that and if you had you had to see the movie because if you didn't see the movie so- season three is going to confuse you oh yeah <laughs> you start watching oh. season three of transformers oh, you're like what the goodness. heck happened <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah or star trek like i mentioned because i mean you probably could have followed the original crew movies and been okay for the most mm-hmm. part you're going to get more out of it if you watch the show but once they switched over to the next gen crew you're just gonna be like what happened who are these mm-hmm. people? Because <laughs> those characters, they come pre-established, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. well, and and really what's funny is with that is that the, the movie that explains the next generation con- you know, like connection between them and the original series happened like 20 years later <laughs> after after like, know. you know. 10 or like 15 years after next generation had already been on the air. <laughs> so like, yeah, I know, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's nutty. The thing about this one and I, your mileage may vary on this. I mean, yeah, I was talking about, yeah, it, it looks great watching it in high def and widescreen, but it's basically treated like a, like an expanded episode of the show. So it's more like not it's not like a double length comic, but it's at least a slightly larger than usual issue of a comic book. Yeah, because these movies are about 30 minutes long and the episodes on TV, you're probably looking at about 25 minutes, maybe. Yeah, 20, 20 minutes because of commercial breaks and stuff. So so, right. yeah, so it's so you're, you're getting an extra like 15 minutes of Common Rider. And what's funny is that at least for me watching the first one, this one that that we're talking about now with Dr. Shinigami, it felt more 
like a movie. It felt more like a celebration it did. of Common Rider. You had both writers. You had the best villain from the series, which is Dr. Shinigami. Arguably, he's the best one. I believe that. You have every monster from the series up to that point. Including our boy! Including <laughs> Musasa Bido. I was so happy when I saw him. And he said his name, and I was like, "Yes!" Because <laughs> there's, there's, you get to the end of the movie, and we already gave you the plot synopsis. But at this point, Doctor Shinigami has contacted the writers and said, "We're going to make an exchange. I will give you the daughter if you give me the father, because I need the father to make things for me." And they go to do that, and then. He says, oh, by the way, here's an army of kaijin. And because they're in a quarry, because all tokusatsu takes place in a quarry. And then there's like every monster suit that's ever been in the show. Like at least 90 plus percent of them. They're all on top of this cliffside. And they just all show up and do a roll call. They're like, I am Scorpion Man. Actually, I don't know if Scorpion Man was there. He was there. He was there. I saw him. Yeah, but that freaking flying squirrel, our boy. Musasa Bido was there. So, okay, so notable notable absences that I noticed, or at least that I remember noticing. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. We can rewatch it. Listeners can email in if I'm wrong. But but two notable missing kaijin, B-Woman. Can't yes. remember if she, she might have appeared after these movies came out, but I'm no, no, because she no, she was early on in Hayato's run. So she has to. Oh, yeah, so, very early. She was she was like in the first 10 episodes. Yeah. So she definitely sh- she would have been there if they if they were following, you know, they had every Kaijin. They, she should have been there. And the Cobra Man, King, you know, the Cobra Man yeah, was Cobra missing, man. which yeah, is which too bad strange. Cobra Man. Because I, I, if I remember right, Cobra Man was one was the first kaijin to come back after being beaten by a common yes. writer. So for him to not be a returning one for this movie, it it is kind of weird. Yeah, but this I also think this kind of started a tradition because Super Sentai and Power Rangers do this a lot, recycling mm-hmm. the suits and bringing monsters back. A lot of times in big groups like this because mm-hmm. you feel like well geez if the hero had trouble with one of them what if we threw a bunch of them at him well in, in the case of this movie apparently the writers got stronger because they basically get treated like slightly stronger shocker goons <laughs> yeah <One punch>. well, <laughs> and 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 this was already kind of a, a thing that was already happening in the series because at the at this point in time we've had a few episodes where they would bring other kaijin back from previous episodes you know we had that episode 13 in itself which was the final one that hongo was in in the original run in in hongo's original run that they had the the soccer kicking lizard monster and and yeah lizard on yeah and they brought back some of the kaijin for that episode too but not all of them but they they brought back some key ones so so this had already been happening in the show but to bring back such a huge number of them was just it it just it it made me smile 
so much to see mm-hmm. and even if they they only appeared for like one scene even if they only appeared for one scene it was still just the thought that yeah all of these ones i remember that one i remember that one and stuff and so i can imagine being a kid watching this show every you know every day you know on on, uh on television after school or whenever it came on in its original run you're watching it and then you go to the movies and you see oh yeah i remember that one and i remember that one i remember that one and they're all in there so yeah i can i can totally get the idea behind bringing all of these monsters back the one that that got me the most i love musasa Bito, of course was super excited to see him the one that got me the most was the ancient egyptian monster <laughs> egyptus <laughs> he because, still does the weird he, still, <laughs> he is still speaking ancient egyptian which of course sounds like butter 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 at least they're consistent. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> it was so. It's just why, why? <laughs> well, that that was at the end. There were a couple of returning kaijin that got to do more earlier on, like the moth kaijin. We uh, we mm-hmm. saw. I can't remember his name, but he came back and he was actually doing things, and he had a fight with Common Rider earlier on. Yeah, at the at the birthday party. So, so yeah. the moth, the moth one, and the anteater one both appear in the at this kid's birthday party, which I wrote down a a note because I was like, that is a massive cake. What in the world is going on with that cake? Well, then then the cake catches on fire, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's why it's big because they had to hide hide the pyrotechnics inside it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, something has to happen yeah, with yeah, this cake. Yeah, it's yeah. too big to just be a plain cake. This has to be a prop for something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, and he was accompanied by Flyman. We did have Flyman in the show. Yes, yeah, I remember yeah. Flyman. The, we, the sound that Flyman makes is also really funny. He mm-hmm. he goes, <laughs> the sound he makes is that is a. <laughs> which which the only the only thing that would have made the return of Masasa Bito even better is if he flew because that was the part that killed us yeah yeah he didn't fly (laughs) and and we're going to talk about it because he not only appears in this movie spoiler alert he appears in the next one too He's in the next one, too. But no, we get like all the trademarks of the show are in here. The deadly disco lighting. Yes. <laughs> a lot of the the moves that we see in there. There are things that make it feel bigger, like the fact that they had like 30 monster suits at the end mm-hmm. is pretty nuts. If you stop and think about it. And that was it. Yeah. That was they were in a big setting. Mm-hmm. right there and so you've got all these guys in suits running around and they're trying to fight the heroes and things so they had both writers though that's a big deal yeah the special intro that they filmed just for the movie is right. was really nice and made it feel like a movie because you know it, they're not recycling the intro from the from the series right so there's there are all these things that make it feel a little bit bigger but the story is the kind of stuff that we've gotten used to in the show at this point. Oh, scientists made something that shocker once kidnapped daughter, ransom daughter. Yeah. <laughs> use use bubbles to kidnap daughter. Yeah. <laughs> bubbles. 
The evil bubbles. bubbles. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, so uh, the stuff that we're used to seeing, we see here. Oh, we had a uh, at the end. We had the uh, the Godzilla versus Megalon fire circle. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, and they're like, "Aha, we got you, writers!" And they're like, "Guys, we're grasshoppers." <laughs> yeah, we can we can just jump. <laughs> this is, we don't even have to jump that high. What the heck? This is yeah. not hard. <laughs> but but you know, with all the things that I do love about this this movie, you know, all the things we've talked about, I I really I really do love this movie. There were some things I thought was really weird, and I don't mean like Musasa Bito weird. I mean like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Doctor Shinigami. Sometimes when he was speaking, his mouth didn't match up to the dialogue that was the the audio, right. the actual audio. So it's almost like they ADR'd him, but they didn't sync it up properly. And I don't know if that's because of the age of this, that maybe the audio and the and the video were separated in some, you know, at some point and they had to put it back together because of just the age of this thing or or maybe it was at the time they had to ADR him. It didn't seem like it affected any of the other characters. Like I, I, I didn't notice it on on any of the other characters, but I noticed it when Doctor Shinigami would talk that the, the audio and stuff would not be synced up to his mouth movements. And so I wonder hmm. what that was about. Hmm. I don't know about that one. The, the biggest issue I had, which is carries over into the next one, actually is not so much the movie itself; it's the presentation on YouTube. The subtitle. I know we complained about the subtitles that are on oh, Tubi and Shop Factory TV, but oh my gosh, someone else worked on the subtitles for this because this has embedded subtitles on yes. YouTube. Yes. And I have a feeling that Toei got the good intern who knows English <laughs> to make the ones that they gave to Shout Factory, and they got the less impressive. <laughs> or at least the quirk or maybe the quirkier intern to do the subtitles for these because some of the subtitle dialogue i'm like hold on a second what yes <laughs> yes very much so <laughs> that there are some like there's a there's a line because because the girl's name is tamami or, or, or tamami yeah something like that yeah tanami yeah, Tam i think yeah, Tamami is, uh, I think, how you say your name. And, and there's a, a point where Taki says, bloody hell, they've Tamami. And I'm like, <laughs> that's yes. a really, really excellent captions work there. You know, subtitle work there, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I wrote down another one for this one. You had a uh, crikey and they spell crikey wrong. Zangzi was gone. <laughs> I loved like, that wait, one. Wait, wait, so wait, much. wait, wait, wait. I know it's supposed to be crikey, but it looks like cricky. I'm like cricky. Are, are, are you your your grasshoppers, not crickets? What? <laughs> I was just like, what the heck is going on with these subtitles? I mean, like, like Shout Factory. We're not. I'm not excusing Shout Factory in any way because Shout Factory they need to work on their their subtitles too because some of their subtitles are not not gr good either but they are still way better than this <laughs> you shan't have it what yeah what is this common writer by shakespeare what the f <laughs> what? <laughs> you it, it, shan't have it 
this it is so it's so bad the only other thing i'm going to uh, i want to mention oh oh we have to talk we have to talk about because we talked about before before we started recording the big fight sequence at the end is over a teddy bear yes we'll talk about that the awards I was like, but I, but okay. There's a moment. Before, we will talk about the fight, you know, and stuff in, in in awards. But there's a moment where do you, I don't know if this is also going to be in your awards, but where the the salamander monster goes to reach for the teddy bear, and the teddy bear flies across the room into Common Rider's hands, and it's like, does Common Rider have? telekinetic powers now all of a sudden what <laughs> why why what what happened it just like it just flew across the room into his hands <laughs> that's just the whole thing just the whole thing because it's it's wild it, yeah, it really yeah. is wild also another quirk of the subtitles every time they say common writer it is subtitled as mast writer in all caps yes really want you to they really want to make sure you know yeah (laughs) one more thing one more thing i want to mention then we can move on to the next movie there's a moment where they capture dr shinigami and they're going to walk you know dr shinigami out of the quarry they're holding him kind of hostage and so they're walking away from the camera camera is behind them dr shinigami's hands are behind you know hongo who's holding a stick up to shinigami's throat and taki's walking or no no uh, hayato is walking next to him and you just see I, i swear i'm not making this up people go and watch the movie Dr. Shinigami's hands just slowly kind of reach down towards Hongo's butt. And I'm like, (laughs) I see you there, Dr. Shinigami. I see you. I see you reaching for that booty. I see you reaching for that booty. (laughs) What's that funny joke that you, uh, what is it? You did it for a, like a Geigen meme. And oh, swiggity swooty, I'm coming for that booty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now the question swooty, becomes. I'm coming for that booty. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, now the question becomes, is, <laughs> who is Japan's arse, Common Rider or Ultraman? Ooh, oh, no. See, that's that's hard <laughs> because... Honestly, I think if Taki. Captain America, if Steve Rogers <laughs> is America's ours, who's Japan's? Honestly, I think Taki. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best answer to any question you've given on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about. I'll talk about in the next one. There. I am not making this up, people. Go and watch this movie and see. Dr. Shinigami is slowly reaching down for... He ain't reaching for Hayato's butt. He's reaching for Hongo's butt. He's like, I fight Hongo. I, mean, I fight Hayato all the time. Come here, Hongo. <laughs> yeah. I must, I must, I just, it just, it reminded me so much of Finding Nemo. He touched the butt. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to spoil a little bit about the next movie. There's another scene like this in the next movie too. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's as good a transition as any. But <laughs> he touched the All butt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Common Rider versus the Ambassador from Hell. Hongo and Taki barely survive an ambush from Shocker during a motorcycle race. They invade a Shocker base in retaliation, only to learn Ambassador Hell has a super destruction beam in another base. Now Common Rider must fight through an army of resurrected Kaijin to destroy it and save Tokyo. so this one is obviously later in the run of the series we have ambassador hell as as the commander of the japanese branch of shocker hongo is back as common rider and i'm gonna be honest with you i don't like this one as much yeah i i don't either and i i think that a lot of the same problems that i have with the series at this point in time carry over into the movie like there's a lot it becomes a lot more lighthearted in this time period you know the series had started becoming more lighthearted around hayato's run as common writer but especially when hongo comes back things get a lot more lighthearted a lot sillier the budget isn't there for this one as you might expect especially if it's a movie like they were planning on releasing this as a movie you'd expect the budget to be a little bit better it's it's not yeah, it has about maybe except at the end i would say because we got a bunch of recycled kaijin suits not as many as the last one i think but they recycle a bunch of them yeah and and there and the story the like there's not as much gravitas in these stories you know like you, in the early common writer they had such a great balance between the story that was unfolding for the characters, both the the t- writer team, the the characters who were affected by Shocker, and also Common Writer himself, worked so well alongside the Kaijin action. And not every episode. This is, you know, there there's always exceptions, but overall, I think that the stories paired with the kaijin action were always so much better early on whereas when you get to this time period where hongo comes back there's not as much focus on story and not as much focus on the gravitas and like the character's ethos or or like their or our pathos or whatever as Mm -hmm. as there was in those early ones it's more about the the action the action the the common writer punching the bad guys breaking into shockers labs blowing things up blowing up the miniatures those the guest those characters things, the guest characters yeah like all of that becomes more focus uh, more of the focus in the in that kind of later half of this of the original series and 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 it's yeah and it carries over into this movie and i don't like it like like you think about ambassador hell is probably as much as as much as i love dr shinigami and he's still my favorite of the common writer villains i think that ambassador hell is actually probably the most formidable because 
even in this movie, you know, it's a little bit hinted at Ambassador Hell is smart and strategic in a way that some of the other generals in Shocker were not. But yet in this movie, what does Ambassador Hell do in this movie? He spends most of the time in a car riding like like he's in the backseat of a car for like 90 percent of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would make the argument that the title of the first movie was technically accurate. This one is a bit of a lie. Common Rider yeah. never fights Ambassador Hell or the Ambassador from Hell. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is his name Hell or is he from Hell? Make a decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the thing. One of the things that really kind of highlights. Some of the thing, some of the problems I have with this movie is, and really kind of the tone. Like I said, they kind of went with a, they are going with the more lighter tone that that the common writer was having in the series was was focused on. The way that they get Hongo and Taki to go off the race course is by just turning the arrow. <laughs> And I wrote down that is straight up Looney Tunes. Right I said, there. what Come in the, the Looney Tunes top. kind of crap is this? What? <laughs> this is Wiley Coyote doing this. He's just they just turn the arrow and then and then have the have the decency, I guess, to turn the arrow back just so no one else <laughs> might happen to get lost. <laughs> It's a good thing that Taki and Hongo were way ahead in first pl- and second place. Yeah, it's uh, oh my goodness! And this, and like I said, Ambassador Hell. Can you imagine? They could have they could have foiled the whole plan if they had just stayed a little bit closer to the pack or in the middle of the pack. And that shocker group were like, eh, I can't do it now. Eh, yeah, they just well, they would just have to drop the bombs on on the entire like the entire race team, like everybody just 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 blow them all up. <laughs> you mean you'll be blow to pieces because that was an actual yes. subtitled line. <laughs> it's amazing yes. what, what, what a difference one leg can make. You will be blow to pieces. There's a line and. I'm still trying to decide if I no no it's not going to be it's not going to be my my in my awards this one I'm just going to say we're talking about the 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 weird subtitles here ambassador hell hell says at one point we'll make Tokyo Tower a piece of candy (laughs) what (laughs) what I over, I wanted to write that one down or then the, I don't know if you have this in your awards. If you do, I'm sorry. But there's one point where two of the Kaijin are arguing with each other and one is complaining and says, why me? And, and the other one says, because you're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the, the subtitles on the on this in these movies, it's just what in the world is going on? Uh, again the quirkier and or inferior intern worked on yeah. these and the good one it worked with show factory <laughs> yeah yeah but but we, we talked about I, but what well we I, I was gonna say we talked about some of the things that you know we've kind of poked fun at or some of the things we didn't like in this movie but one of the things that i did like was 
and and I said it, I did kind of say it early on. I like that Ambassador Hell is really smart. He is one of the few generals from Shocker who is like, you know, we've killed Common Rider, and then he's like, no, well, just to make sure, let's go and do this, and you know, and blow him up. You know, it's like he he doesn't automatically think that he's won. He knows, and like you, you, he even says, uh, you know, that Common Rider escapes all the time, so we have to double check and make sure. It's like, yes, yeah, he has an A, a B, a C, and a D plan just in case Common Rider escapes all those, all his, the other plans and the other attempts. So it's like, this is one of the best villains, and the fact that he spends most of the time in the backseat of a car in this movie is such a shame because I really like him as a villain. Yeah, it is unfortunate. The other thing, my biggest gripe with this movie is for thirty for a thirty minute movie, this plot feels really disjointed. It feels like three ten minute episodes kind of stitched together because it starts with ambush them at the race. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, now we're going to raid the Shocker base. Well, we raided the Shocker base. Oh, uh, I am Ambassador Hell, and I'm going to monologue about my new Doomsday weapon. And then they're like, well, we better go take care of that Doomsday weapon. So we're going to have to climb a mountain and fight a bunch of Kaijin. We thought we're already dead and make this look like Inception before Inception, because good Lord, that base. And (laughs) you're telling me that what you're telling me that the shocker goons suddenly showing up on horseback doesn't make sense in the greater plot of this movie. Actually, that was kind of awesome. And we have seen some stuff like that before, but but it hasn't happened very often, but I'm like, I'm like shocker goons and Kaijin on horseback. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) I don't know why this is here, but I'm here for it. (laughs) You know, I really want a wild west themed common writer. Now I, I, I think that would work. I mean, it, it they, really they, I don't know if Marvel has done this in their comics, but in the first Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movie, we find out that there was a Ghost Rider. Well, and actually in the comics, and they, I think this was an homage to that, there was a Wild West character named Ghost Rider. He wasn't, right. you know, had, didn't have the flaming skull or anything. He was a masked cowboy, but mm-hmm. I do he think was a, a masked Wild rider. West rider would be amazing. And he's on a horse. Just put, yeah. Just a cowboy put- hat. Put Common Rider on a horse, make it Wild West thing. But then it, would that lean? Would that hmm, would that get into Iron King territory? Because eh, that no, was kind of that a, was present day. Well, yeah, but he did wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, but you can really stylize it to like uh, to work with the mask, so he looks more like a grasshopper. Yeah, or something like I that. Just, I think I, you could you could make it work. You can make it work. Yeah, I just, I just seeing, seeing the horses and, and the whole, like, I mean, it turned into a Wild West show in this episode and this movie because they were like lassoing Kamen Rider and dragging him around and everything. It was just like, like, I just, I I want a Back to the Future 3 style Kamen Rider. (laughs) (laughs) What would a Wild West Kamen Rider have? Obviously he can do the, oh, the rider punch, rider kick, jump really high. We got to keep those because those are staples, but. What, does he have a lasso? Does he have a six shooter? What does he do? Mm, mm, good question. Good question. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to think on that. 
I, I guess I kind of like the idea of Rider Lasso. <laughs> Rider Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, gets them and then like shocker can be like a gang of outlaws <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> or something yeah oh 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 like, take... all the all the monsters are like you can have like one of the monsters of the week could be like a native american skinwalker or something like that like he he meets a native american tribe and then they tell him the story of the skinwalkers and then the skinwalkers a skinwalker shows up or something well that's what i was thinking i was like what if common writer himself is like the the champion of this native american tribe living out in the west and he you know like is fighting against this cr- the corrupt Wait. company that is trying to come and buy out the land what if he's a Native American brave mm. who got like modified or something? Then he can have like ride a tomahawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Have 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 common rider be a Native American fighting against like what was it? What was the the manifest destiny? You know, all these people <laughs> moving out west. <laughs> oh my gosh! You, I'm just. We're just saying. People, there's potential here. I don't know how much Toei cares about the Wild West. Probably not a lot, but... <laughs> no, no. But anyway, back to the movie. But hey, it, but hey, Toei, Toei, James Gunn is a huge fan of Kamen Rider. Let him go yeah. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wild West Kamen Rider. Just saying. <laughs> back to this movie, though. Musasa Bido <laughs> shows up again. <laughs> that crazy freaking squirrel (laughs) now okay what i like what i like about this appearance of musasa bito more than the first movie is this movie didn't have every kaijin up to this point it just had a a select number of kaijin right a big number but not and by this point in the series, by the time this movie comes out, by the time we're here at this point, there has been close to a hundred Kaijin probably. And we have 30 <laughs> of them that we're going to include in this movie. And one of them has to be Musasa Bito. Like somebody <laughs> was like, I don't care what other Kaijin you put in this movie, we have to put Musasa Bito. Somebody behind the scenes is a fan of Musasa Bito like we are and wanted that stinking squirrel in this movie because there was no reason for him to be in this. I understand why he was in the first one. There is absolutely no reason you have to have that squirrel in this movie, but they put him in here anyway, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who the secret Musasa Bito fan was. Oh, somebody, <laughs> somebody just loves this this squirrel and put him in this movie, and uh, I am all for it. I'm here for it, Musasa Bito for the win. <laughs> we both need to get an action figure of Musasa Bito. I found you, Bee Woman, at G Fest. Yes. I was very yes. Proud I of have Musasa. her sitting on my shelf right now. <laughs> The gaudiest kaijin in all of Common Rider. Yes. <laughs> we need Musasa Bito now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, keep just... your eyes out. But please, people, listeners, keep your eyes out for Musasa Bito action figures. Let us know if you find any. We have a yeah. weird appreciation for this freaking squirrel. 
<laughs> Something that we get in this movie that we didn't get in the first movie, which is some miniature work. We didn't get a lot of the miniatures yes. in the first one. Which is one of the things that helps to make this feel, quote unquote, bigger, I guess you could say, is cinematic by comparison, even though this doesn't feel as cinematic. True, but, and most of the miniatures looked fine. Most of them, except for one. When <laughs> speaking of action figures, when yeah, that's what made me think of it. Um, when Common Rider shows up to the place, they they uh, Shocker has captured Tachibana and Mari, or no, not of Mari, course. Yuri, Yuri. Yeah, and, no, is it Yuri or is yeah, it Maki? No, Whichever I'm thinking one. of no. Sorry, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of a later. I just recorded with Blue Nova over an episode that was centered around Maki. So oh, okay. sorry, okay. I've got Maki on the brain. Sorry. But yeah, anyway, so, so, so yes, you have them tied to your favorite thing <laughs> in Tokusatsu. Uh, <laughs> yes, weird. Derek, we get a we get a crucifixion in this. Yeah, cru weird crucifixes <laughs> in 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 Tokusatsu. <laughs> And so, you, so Common Rider is standing in the foreground. The camera is focused on him, but in the background, you see the crucifix, the, this the the wooden cross, raise up, and it has Tachibana tied to it. But it's a it's an it's a little mini action figure of Tachibana, and the toy Tachibana looks so awful. <laughs> <laughs> it oh looks awful it, it is so bad <laughs> and then it cuts from this little mini action figure tachibana to him at, you know the actual actor on there and it's like what what is this <laughs> oh and, and they brought zang zio back in this because i guess he's the movie kaijin yeah yeah he comes back but but by this point yeah. he had already appeared in the series yeah, well, he appeared once. You're right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the... But, oh, my gosh, yeah, the action figure. Oh, my gosh. It was so bad. And, and I the mean, thing there was is, another... The thing is, on a, ti on a tiny, gra grainy TV screen, you might be able to get away with it. This is in high def in a movie theater on the big screen. I don't screen. know if you could get away with Guys. this even on the tiniest <laughs> screen. I I swear if you watch this on 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 a on a zoom from like the, you know, the 2000s little MP3 player, I don't think that it you would get away with it. I think you would still notice that 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 you somebody with the tiniest little thing would be looking in like is that an action figure? What is that? <laughs> 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 make sure you go to the store and buy the action figure kids <laughs> buy I mean, all our playsets and toys <laughs> there's a later scene where taki is in an is in a helicopter and the helicopter explodes really great effect loved that and taki escapes by jumping out and parachuting out and and there's a little toy taki attached to a parachute falling through the sky that looked better than the tachibana one <laughs> like the Tachibana ones, I swear, looked like somebody tried to make him out of Play-Doh and stick him to a wooden cross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did have the return of the writer dummy at one point during the horseback scene. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't flattering either. <laughs> no, no. So much of this movie. It feels like 
this is the time period where the budget got bigger for the show. Why does it feel like this movie has less of a budget than the previous one? I I don't know. I don't know. But that's one of the reasons I uh, one of several reasons why I prefer the first one. So honestly, if you're listening to this, if you only want to watch one, watch Fast Rider versus Shocker. Yeah. That yeah, one's totally definitely. worth it. This one is a, this was a little bit dubious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and before we move on to our awards, I have to, I have to say, because I hinted at it earlier, there is a scene where uh, Hongo <laughs> and Taki are, are climbing up the, <laughs> are climbing up the mountain. And, and so Hongo is helping Taki up the mountain and he reaches down and just grabs just cups so gently Taki's butt and just and hoists him up and it's just like like you didn't have to zoom in on that shot like you didn't have to but you did and and I respect you for it for it uh cameraman <laughs> going for the rider glutes <laughs> rider grope oh oh no 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 maybe not nope uh, uh, moving on <laughs> right dog grab ours I, uh, what <laughs> what what <laughs> hongo i didn't know I, uh, <laughs> yeah no let's not let's not just let's not mention the fact that they're climbing up a mountain maybe the mountain was called oh, broke are, back. Are there, is there anything know. that's broke Okay, <laughs> we yeah, don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Anyway, awards. Uh, <laughs> awards. <laughs> save the show. <laughs> save our show. SOS, save our show. Awards. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh man, I hope you still I hope you still got it, man. This is the first time you've done some awards in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got some honorable mentions for all of them, so <laughs> Oh, as you sh- see, you're making up for lost time. Good yes. man. <laughs> uh, so first up, we have the henshin kick for the best stunt or fight scene. What do you got, Travis? Come on. <laughs> so my runner up for this, I'm going to go ahead and do my runner up first. So my runner up for this was the motorcycle fight in the second movie. It's actually one of the things uh-huh. I think they do better in the second movie than they do the first one. Right. And that's the motorcycle chase slash fight. The first movie, it's down in the quarry. You can kind of tell everything is choreographed in a way that where they're not they're not really even getting close to each other on the motorcycles. Whereas in the second one, it's not in a quarry. They're in grass and in woods and stuff. You can actually see you you actually see the motorcycle struggling to like get up hills and stuff like that. So, I mean, that kind of detracts from it, but, but at least it's a different setting and realizing that they're riding like three of the people in this motorcycle fight are wearing thick like elaborate costumes right like rubber suits and they're still managing to do all these motorcycle stunts and stuff it was kind of cool so so that was my runner-up i think that was something that they did better in the second movie but my actual winner for the no uh, 
Actually, you know what? I changed my mind. I was going to say something else. I was going to put something else up there, but I talked myself into it. That's going to be my hinge and kick award is, is the motorcycle fight okay. from the second movie. Because I feel like I've kicked this. We kicked the second movie a lot for a lot of the things that it didn't do as good as the right. first one. I want to I want to highlight something positive from the second one. Right. All right. Well, what's the new runner up then? It was the fight scene in the quarry, I think, because of just the sheer number of characters that were all involved right. in it, that trying to follow all of those characters and all those monsters in just like this huge mess of of so much going on. And the camera work was very dynamic in in that fight scene that it just kind of felt very it, the, the energy in that fight scene felt really good and and they were able uh -huh. to shoot it really well. And so I want I for me, I like the camera work for that fight scene. And so that's what why it stood out to me. But when we're talking about stunts, I think, yeah, I talked myself into it. The stunt work on the motorcycles in the second movie was better. And knowing what the what the actors had to do wearing those suits while doing this, the motorcycle stunts, I think it just it's a better scene. Right. Mine is a little bit similar to that. I have from the first movie, Double Riders versus Zangzio specifically when they're fighting on the hill because all i keep thinking is my gosh they're doing real stunts on a hill it's got to be hot and it's exhausting and they're wearing all of those costumes that are heavy and i'm just like man people don't do this anymore <laughs> right yeah that was a yeah. lot of work it's a lot of work I, I, like i know when i used to be on the show before i used to use the hinge and kick kind of to highlight the stunt work and the work the stunt actors do because this is a time period where there wasn't as much safety there was still some safety stuff but there wasn't as much safety stuff for the stunt actors and all of it was done on set in camera real stunts nothing cgi'd nothing like that and so the fact that they did as much stunt work as they did i always like to highlight that so yeah right Next up, we have Takatoku for the best special effect. What do you got? So this is another one that I had. I had a, a runner up and I mentioned it already. The the explosion, the, the exploding helicopter, I thought was a really good effect. It was very well done for being a miniature. But the miniature work that I actually thought was the best and actually looked the best and worked the best was the shocker base what would they call it they didn't call it a base what they call it in the mountains it was uh the fortress the shocker fortress a fortress um, when in the that, second movie yeah in the second movie at the top of the mountain it looked really good for being a miniature it looked really good it looked a lot better than some of the other miniatures that we saw in this movie um but it also when it exploded it exploded in a realistic and kind of really cool way i without in an awesome way i don't know how else to describe it i just really like the explosion there right that was my winner as well and that whole sequence with common rider fighting the kaijin in the snow and, and on top of a mountain and he had the exploding base at the end of, and i'm i'm just sitting here thinking somebody at common rider saw in her majesty's secret service <laughs> yeah 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 because it felt a lot like that at uh, at points and i do think that was the best miniature work i would say yeah you know i might give the second movie a little credit on perhaps having some of the better miniature work in this 
the fact that there's miniature work in Common Rider just makes me happy. Period. Yeah. Well, I saw that's the thing. I don't really remember. Was there any miniature work in the first one at all? A little. A little. It, it, yeah. If it was, it didn't really stand out. The 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 second movie, the miniatures stand out both good and bad. So right. that's why I remembered. I didn't remember any in the first one. Right. All right. Next up, we have coming at you for the best line. I will confess. I'm not going to go first. I'm going to let you go first. But I was at points tempted to use some of the funky subtitles for this, but I ended up not doing that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was too. I, I had mentioned the one, my runner up already because my runner up was ambassador hell saying, you know, we're going to turn Tokyo tower into candy. Like wh- <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? What? I, what I mean, is this? I, I, I mean, Kaiju love attacking Tokyo Tower. It must be made of candy. Yeah, yeah. The crikey was really good. We've done so many. But it's just cricky. It's just. Yeah, cricky. But the one that I actually. The one that got me. (laughs) The one that made me laugh, and it wasn't even the line itself, but just because it made me think of something else that and so that made me laugh was in the first movie when that so so the shocker needs this this equation to unlock the the device or whatever that they're trying to get and, yeah and the anti-gravity gotten, device yeah so they've got the plans for the device but they don't have the equation that they need so so they send back the guy that they kidnap although he's been turned into a kaijin now but but he's not revealed that yet and so he's like oh oh you know it, i i escaped and and the and the doctor you know the scientist rescues him and, and puts him in the back seat and he's like oh how did you escape oh I, I escaped when they were busy looking for something else and you know and so i escaped and then while they're driving the scientist in the back seat who is now a kaijin says hey where did you hide the gx equation anyway and then of course the main <laughs> scientist reveals it and and it reminded me, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, and I don't know if you or anybody's going to get this. I mean, it's it's a pretty, it was a, at one time a pretty popular show, but American Dad. Yeah. The, the Chinese spies. Do you remember the Chinese spies that worked in the office with the, with the main character Stan in American Dad? They would wear like these blonde wigs and then they're like, oh, oh, that's so crazy. By the way, does anybody know anything about any launch codes? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like just you know in the middle of whatever conversation they're having it's like oh that's so weird by the way uh i need i think i need to to check on some launch codes do you know where any are you know it's just, and that's what it reminded me of is like by the way do you know where the equation is uh, <laughs> launch codes <laughs> Uh, I uh, yes, total stranger. I just saved on the road. I will tell you where those are. <laughs> so it's just yeah. <laughs> so that's why I, that one, I picked that one. It's a weird reason to pick it as my favorite line, but it just it reminded me so much of that that I had to I had to mention that <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my I, head. I, I totally understand. The the one I ended up going with a what i think is a properly translated line it's said by hayato it's in the first movie obviously he's talking to the bad guys and it's right when we have this big moment where we find out that 
one of the guys that came with Hayato is <laughs> plot twist is Hongo in disguise because he could do instant disguises now apparently mm -hmm. like Kaijin okay and they're like oh what's going on and then it sounds like he quotes a proverb because this was already in quotes when he said it which is good swimmers are oftenest drowned yeah that one took me a minute to figure out too because I, I what I think he because he was talking to he was talking to Dr. Shinigami because Dr. Shinigami was like boasting about, you know, ha ha ha, you know, I've I've won and all this kind of stuff. I think it's it's kind of the pride cometh before the fall. It's like the reason, you know, yeah. why why are good swimmers often the ones that drown? Maybe because of overconfidence. Yeah, basically. I think that's what it was. But it's it, it was just a little bit of an odd phrase. I could tell it was meant to be a proverb. I'm like, huh. Okay, I'm gonna think about that for a moment. Huh. It's probably one of those. It's one of those instances where it probably makes sense to a Japanese audience, but us as dirty, dirty Americans <laughs> don't don't understand you know, or, or get the get the the cultural or or the significance of it, and it, yeah. it just might be one of those one of those situations. And and if back when I was hosting this show, I would have looked that up ahead of time to see what it was from. But since I'm just a guest, I didn't do the, the, the extra work. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, we'll do this, uh, live and see what I can find. Here we go. Okay. Putting it into the mighty, mighty Google. Apparently it is a folk saying from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Good swimmers and are often being drowned. overconfident. Yeah. yeah. It's about being overconfident. But where, what's the origins of it? There's an entire article here that explains why good swimmers drown. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, it's not explaining where the, oh, it's, it's an old German phrase. Oh, is it? Is what it says, what I found. It says it's a, it's an old German, huh. German wisdom quote about good swimmers are often drowned. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I wonder that in which case, maybe it's a paraphrase of a Japanese proverb or the phrase got to Japan. Yeah. Hmm. I feel a little educated or, or, well, I mean, but also you have to remember we are reading the, the subtitle, so it could just be, <laughs> he could have said something else and the sub and the person writing That's the subtitle. I mean. yeah. yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, the slightly suspect subtitles. Anyway, now let's uh, get it to... Says, oh. says it was written in Christopher Hampton's play Les Laisons, Les Laisons oh. d'Andre, which it says best swimmers often drown. A similar expression is often reported as a proverb of Italian origin. Okay. Oh, geez. So it's all over the place. Yeah, so there ain't no telling where it comes from. I, I I had never heard it before. I get the I get it, but I I ne had never heard it before. Hmm. All right. Well, like I said, I feel educated. And now, yeah. Travis, we already know what the winner is. <laughs> but no, it's time for I, WTH. Okay. What the headshot? 
Okay, my what the henshin is not the same as yours. I, I know we're going to talk about oh, it. Oh, really? I get, yeah, I want to get to you. I cannot choose anything other than that and that scene when all of the kaijin first pop up in the in the first movie when you know dr shinigami yo yells his command and just a hundred i know that's exaggerating but just a hundred kaijin all just rise up from the ground above you know because they're above the quarry and it's just it, it was such an epic moment to see all of those kaijin just like you know to to for it to be like you know no you're surrounded and then all of a sudden to see all these kaijin from all these past episodes going all the way back to like to spider-man to the spider-man was there yes. like the very first kaijin that we've ever seen in this series was there like it is to know that they got all of them from beginning to then from to that point you know to that point minus a couple of them like we said cobra man and b woman were missing it was just it was just such an epic awesome moment that just made me go whoa and so i wanted to put that as my what the henshin but but to be fair the the real what the henshin moment is yours so <laughs> go for it nathan <laughs> Yes, the final because i i watched these movies twice i watched them for fun a few weeks ago and then i watched them in preparation for this and i was most definitely not prepared the final fight in the first movie is literally over a plushie it's yeah <laughs> it's a teddy bear fight we talked about it a little bit already but it's over a plushie because the equation was given to by the scientist to his daughter who put it in her teddy bear stop putting secret things in your children's items and belongings because it puts your child in danger everyone needs to learn this this is such a trope that's in so many movies and so many shows and it's just like stop putting that on your child <laughs> your child yeah, I, is I understand going to be traumatized that. enough <laughs> oh my gosh like with like the uh, like all the members of the common kenny force who keep doing things like find dead bodies oh. yes <laughs> we didn't even talk about goro in this movie like like <laughs> goro was in this for a hot second <laughs> <laughs> yes he was the original common kenny but yes. i just but i understand what you mean about that trope but come on we have the image of common writer holding a teddy bear and facing off against zang zio basically saying you can't have it <laughs> yeah yeah and, and then, and then he the... tosses it to the other writer who's standing yep. on the roof of the house yeah the tossing back and forth of the teddy bear <laughs> it's just it was so great and and like i said it, it's funny and i don't know if it's ever i don't know if it's meant to be a direct homage or if it's just a thing that just happens but there are other common writer series that have a at least one episode where the fight is over a child's toy a child's you know uh either a teddy bear or some <laughs> other thing and i'm like i and now i'm wondering is it now the reason why it's in uh, so many common writer series is because it's an homage to the original one <laughs> Uh, maybe i'm just sitting here thinking it's like how 
I have this weird image in my head of this little girl going to build a bear and like sneaking that in while it's getting made. <laughs> like this little piece of paper <laughs> with daddy's <laughs> equations. <laughs> It's it's such a oh man it was such a good thing and then and then the the fact that the the kaijin jumps in the air and grabs the teddy bear like interception <laughs> style just oh my goodness it was so good and then he runs away with it and then they fight uh, again later and it's fly and, and like they all drop it but they're all and they're all like rolling down hills and everything and they're like trying to get it back and just like, yeah it's so good. <laughs> so good <laughs> it's the the juxtaposition is it's just yeah. wonderful <laughs> yeah just you know the epic fight two writers versus this brand new monster and this monster is pretty is pretty scary looking he's not one of the goofier looking ones he is actually a pretty well-made monster and then just to be fighting over a teddy bear is just so good it's so good i sent you a screenshot of that actually and it's like out of context comment writer yeah (laughs) actually no i didn't say i didn't tell you that i posted that on social media i actually wrote you back it's like by the way the final fight in that first movie is literally over a plushie (laughs) yeah (laughs) just wait until you eventually cover common rider w and you get to that episode where common rider w's hand gets turned into a teddy bear his actual hand (laughs) is a teddy bear and he continues to punch the monster with it it is great (laughs) <laughs> like I uh, like I said, the only thing that would make it better is if it would squeak when he did. Yeah. Oh my goodness! All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Because we only have a minute to head shit it. <laughs> this is where we give our final thoughts in one minute or less. Go for it, Travis. I'm expect. Oh, let's see if you st- can still do it in thirty. <laughs> thirty well, seconds. I- Hello, as thunder rumbles outside my house. Wow, setting the mood. That was actual thunder. That was thunder. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know if the microphone picked that up. We're gonna leave that in, but it did. I the heard mood. it. <laughs> I was just saying, I heard that. I might just leave that in. But anyway, uh, I'm, go- I'm gonna do the. Vo- I'm going to do Doctor Shinigami's voice as I do this because <laughs> this is perfect. No. <laughs> no maybe not <laughs> let's not do that <laughs> let's not do that <laughs> now i'm definitely leaving it in <laughs> uh, hey, right, listeners, hey listeners how about we don't do that <laughs> wow okay <laughs> all right all righty anyway so all right i got the clock ready okay on your mark, get set, go. These movies were a lot of fun. And if you love Common Rider and you love the series, you will enjoy these movies because they are just extended episodes. Like we said, they're about, you know, 15, 20 minutes longer than a normal episode. And they, they were great. I do think that if you are only able to watch one and you only have the time to watch one, but you want to watch one, go with the first one because the first one was so much better than the second one 
it it just overall was such a better thing and and yeah it has dr shinigami trying to reach for hongo's butt and hey same <laughs> oh 40 seconds you still got it <laughs> i'm just i'm just like hey dr shinigami you know same same man <laughs> got it got to reach for that booty <laughs> swiggity swiggity right <laughs> sw- sw- swiggity swiggity uh, <laughs> okay all right all right here i go on my market set go i'm in a gr- i agree with you travis these were fun more fun than i thought they would be if you're gonna watch one watch the first one you get all of your favorite kaijin back although our our boy the flying squirrel came back in both so you can't argue there's someone at toei loves masasabito <laughs> and with good reason <laughs> so like I, like like we were saying definitely give them a try if you uh, make sure you go over there before december 28th and you'll watch these i suspect that they might get they might be available again later i'm guessing all their toys really doing is just sending them to private videos because they these were not new uploads, but you know we'll have to wait and see on that one. Fifty four. <laughs> yep. I guess I'm learning a thing or two from you. <laughs> All righty. But thank you again for coming back, Travis. I, I'm looking forward to having you on again, where we can finally, it feels like, close out the original common writer because i have you slated to come back for the final episode yeah definitely it's it's fun to be back i miss i miss podcasting i love being on this show i loved doing you know kaiju weekly when i was doing kaiju weekly and doing this show of course life you know kind of happened and i wasn't Found able away. to keep yeah, I wasn't able to keep going, but I'm glad that this show is still going and still staying strong. And I am just happy to be able to contribute when I can. For sure, for sure. And speaking of your other podcasts, <laughs> thank you for listening to The Henshin Men, a Tokusatsu Appreciation Podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of Travis on the backlog of Kaiju Weekly. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i highly recommend that you do and listen to more of me on the monster island film vault and our sister podcast in the kaiju ramen podcast network the power trip which while we're thinking about it travis well, while you're on tell the folks a little bit about kaiju ramen Kaiju Ramen is a kaiju-themed fan magazine that I started with my friend uh, Michael uh, and our co-host in common, uh, and because he used to co-host Kaiju Weekly with me and was on the power trip now. And then now you've gotten involved and we've got some other people involved and it is just going strong. If anybody is interested in checking out the magazine, checking out what we're, what we're doing, checking out the latest Kaiju news, like Kaiju themed news, you can go to Kaiju ramen and check out our website. All right. Yes. And we're hoping to continue to expand the magazine and the podcast network. Yeah. All right. 
Speaking of podcasts, if you found some enjoyment from this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podchaser. And until next time, what are we going to say, Travis? It's your turn now. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he's just not that Henshin into you. Henshin to you. I screwed it up. (laughs) (laughs) Try again. Try again. No, no. that's Okay, yeah. Uh, You know... Maybe he's just not that henshin to you. This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.